Hey everyone, welcome into the Pro Football Ireland Podcast Network. We are looking ahead to the NFL Draft, which is on April the 27th from Kansas City, Missouri. And I am delighted to be joined with Dark Harger, Colonel Diggin, and Michael Lavery as we look ahead today. We're going to look at the wide receivers in this draft, some really, really interesting prospects. And uh, we've got different podcasts coming out each day. So you can hear all of this on the podcast network, but also look around for content coming out around the NFL draft on the 27th of April. Let, let's just jump in straight up. We're, we're, we're going to start off with Quentin Johnson, who uh, is a wide receiver for TCU. Dara, I've loved chatting to you boys so far. And, you know, I think, I think the thing that's been really enjoyable about this podcast series so far is the different opinions that we have and just the different detail we're going to just going into in each player we're really now getting to the bread and butter stage of the offense when you're looking at a wide receiver and a tight end um core coming on to the next podcast but with quentin johnson this guy can run for days like michael compared a guy to someone in calvin last podcast the lad could run from armada calvin in 20 minutes he's that fast this this guy has got serious talent he's explosive but it's the combination as a wide receiver when you've got the right speed and the right size and the right quickness and the potential he has is just unreal. Where, uh, how far up do you think he could genuinely go in the draft? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a battle between him and Jackson Smith and Jigba for who's going to be the first receiver off the board. Uh, I don't think he's in the Jamar Chase kind of territory. I don't think he's that kind of blue chip level just because while he is the same caliber of athlete as Chase, he has obviously got some concerns in terms of drops over the last season. He's not quite as refined of a route runner as Chase was coming out of college. But uh, he's, I mean, there's so much, so much like in him as a prospect in terms of his ceiling. Like he could be a DeAndre Hopkins level receiver just based off the size, speed alone. It's, it's incredible athleticism. If you want to talk about how high he could be drafted, you know, there are there are teams there that could be jockeying for a receiver. We saw um, New Orleans sell the whole house to go up and get uh, Chris Olave last season. I could very much see something like that, something similar for uh, for Quentin Johnson to start out the receiver domino in the draft in the middle of the first round. Talking about receiver domino, Connell, like I mean, Dar has just come out with some statement there saying about Smith and Jigba could potentially you know be the next one. But like we're, we're going to talk about Jordan Addison next. Staying on Quentin Johnson, there this is stacked full of talent and you know some great outstanding talents on the board with with, with the wide receiver core. Is there anything that makes you, that sort of stands out to you with Johnson that sort of separates him from the rest of the class? Um, I think it's the the three words like height, weight, speed. Probably former Raiders owner Al Davis. His probably you know the one thing he looks at the most when he was drafting players back in the day was height, weight, and speed. You know, if they were tall, <laughs> strong, and could run, he was picking them in the first round. Didn't matter where else anyone else had them graded. That's where they were going. And, you know, I think the the best comparison you could probably give him is like, he's like an AJ Brown, but he's like not as, you know, physically imposing, you know, on a like muscular level as AJ Brown is. But I think that's kind of what he, he looks like to me, you know, as... Dara said like he's not the best at route running at the moment but you know he's he's just someone where you're watching him play and you're like geez if he was on my team like I'd absolutely love to have him there and if you have a good wide receivers coach who's going to get every last you know inch of potential out of him like you're getting one of the best wide receivers in the class and he probably I think his 
ceiling is probably the highest of anyone in this draft as well. Yeah, and you, Michael, you look at a guy like Johnson who really has that difference where he poses a threat at any time, but he really has that ability to make plays after the catch. And the Giants are very interested in him. They have met with him. Mel Kuyper saying that he's the fast and physical receiver that they need. I mean, look, you can't just say that about the Giants in terms of the decisions that they've made over the last few weeks, but he's the fast and physical receiver receiver that anybody needs. There's plenty of teams in the league that could use a guy like this. Yeah, I have similar wording down here. I have strong and speedy, and I'm looking at my own team there, the Seattle Seahawks sitting at number 20, and I really would not be disappointed if that's where Johnson ended up. Can you imagine an offense that has DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Quentin Johnson, you know, Marquise Goodwin still there, the drafted D, is it Dwayne Eskridge a couple of seasons ago in the first round as well? So that's definitely not a pick that, that, that I would hate. He challenges well for the ball, you know, sort of if you like him at the Gaelic football, you know, up for the high catch. He's strong whenever he's going up for the catch. Um, and I just think whether it's Seattle, whether it's uh, it's a New York Giants, um, he's going to be a great addition to any team's offense. And it'll not be long before he's, you know, definitely up to maybe wide receiver two or leading the team as a, a wide receiver one. This is where we get controversial. Jordan Addison, for me, from USC, is my WR2 in this draft. Definitely his route running Dara for me separates him from anybody else that we're going to talk about in a minute. And his speed is just so natural and so pure. It's so, so good to watch. I'd recommend for anybody to go and watch it. Technically, you could look at his size, his structure, and be negative about that there, but he's got some serious potential. I'm presuming you don't have him as your WR2 at the minute based on what you said a second ago. Yeah, I sort of sort of spoiled that one, gave it away early. Yeah, I, I have him. I mean, he's he's not far off that level of Smith and Jigba, but yeah, I don't I don't have him uh, quite that high up my board personally. Listen, he's he's a really clean prospect. Uh, you mentioned the right run, and he's so precise in and out of breaks. He has two monster years, one at Pitt and one at USC. He transferred over in it for his final year of college. Uh, he's he's a really clean prospect, as I say, and I mean you could question the athleticism. Um, he, he wasn't quite the biggest combine performer. I think we knew that going in. Um, I don't think that should change too much in the eyes of most teams. Uh, he's still a first round wide receiver in my eyes. Uh, obviously, this year the the class isn't quite as strong as previous years. Maybe we're a wee bit late to the late to the party in terms of. Uh, wide receiver podcasts for the draft. You know, we, we missed a couple of phenomenal years there dating back to 2019. And so um, I, I think if he, if we were talking about Addison in one of those years, you'd see him maybe pushed into the second round uh, in that kind of Michael Pittman kind of tier of player. But as for now, he, he's, he's one of the best we've got this year. I cannot wait to chat to you on draft night with this. It's going to be a good crack, mate. Um, Colonel, obviously, you know, talk about Pittsburgh there, like, he dropped the ball a number of times in Pittsburgh. He has good issues in terms of his physicality. He's not the full final finish sort of ticket there. Are you concerned? You know, It's one thing being concerned about a running back with drops, but when you look at a wide receiver and drops, it's a different situation. Does that concern you at all? Because he's got many different benefits for him. Look, I'm going to say it right now. I think, I think Jordan Addison is the best wide receiver in this draft. I think that route running is... Like now, to be fair to Smith and Jigba, who we'll talk about next, he's not far off. Like, don't get me wrong, it's it's like a one A one B to be honest for me. But I just love watching Jordan Addison 
Like, yeah, like the, he makes a couple of drops, but every wide receiver in this draft, you know, it, it seems to be drop prone. I mean, you go back every year and you read, you know, these draft prospects and you're like, oh, this wide receiver, he might not be good. He's drop prone. But then you see that, you know, they go and catch 50, like 500 balls every single day um, in the off season. And then, you know, they're, they're pretty good after that. Like, and Jordan Addison, his route running is so crisp. He just knows what he's doing. He knows how to leverage everybody. It's, it's just so fun to watch him. And if he gets to a team where he has a decent quarterback, you know, even, even, you know, I'm, I'm not going to speak it into existence, but I wouldn't mind seeing him go to Pittsburgh and link back up with Kenny Pickett possibly. Now that, that would be a bit later in the draft, but I, I do think he's probably the best wide receiver in this draft. Uh, for my money anyway there we go boom Mike has been dropped and we're starting to get these comparisons now Michael do you agree with uh, Cuddle or do you agree agree with more with me or Dara or where's your head at when it comes to Jordan Allison? Um, I sort of have him middle of the road um, I would push him a wee bit closer towards the number one spot uh, probably more so than Johnson Um He's just a great player. Uh, he, he's nimble. He's quick. He, he seems to be able to do it all. We talk about drops and we talk about the concern of drops. Um, Jamar Chase went through that phase whenever he first came in. Was it preseason or in training camp? Uh, and everybody panicked. Everybody hit the panic button said the Bengals should have drafted an offensive lineman instead. And it turns out it's been one of their, their best draft picks behind Joe Burrow in the last however many years. Drops can be concerning, but they can also be coached out, and it just comes with confidence. Um, so, yeah, I think he's in a good spot. Um, the, the drops at this stage uh, and the overall package doesn't concern me at all. In fact, it, it's, it's quite promising. Looking ahead to Ohio State's Jackson Smith Enigma, I'm, I'm glad we've got the pronunciation of his name out of the way now. I, I'm really impressed with his route running. I was watching a few clips from players last season. He actually had, I think it was... He missed five games with a hamstring injury last year, Dara. But he has got some serious potential. His awareness is is top-notch. His control of his body and his balance when he's trying to catch the ball is excellent. But he's not going to be that WR1 for a team. He's going to be, what, WR2 maybe at a stretch, going in and seeing how he, how he can improve his awareness down the stretch in the NFL. Do you want to completely dis- disagree with me there? Because I know you're very, high, very very high up on him a minute ago, so feel free to slate my opinion. Um, I'm not I'm not entirely going to slate. You know, I think um, he's 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 probably going to be limited to the, limited to the slot in the NFL. That's just the way players of his size uh, work out in the league. It's it's a whole different ball game. I mean, Ohio State has just been a wide receiver factory over the last couple of years, and believe it or not, we haven't even seen the best one yet. Look out for Marvin Harrison Jr. next season. We're going to be talking all about him in the in the year ahead. So look, uh, the hamstring injuries maybe your your biggest concern about Smith and Jigba. It looked cleared up at the combine. He ran an absolutely lightning three cone, six point five seven seconds, I believe it was, which was the fastest of any of any player at the combine. That just goes to show you his change of direction skills. He's maybe not got the highest level of top end speed, but the the sharp snappiness is is all the way there. And he's gonna be I think he's going to be an incredible threat from day one, providing he can stay healthy in the NFL. Going to what Dara said, Connell, like, you know, obviously, yes, he doesn't have that top high end speed, but if he isn't explosive, but he's still quite sort of 
mischievous at his running and he can he he can work ways in different ways and having having that explosive speed he's still going to be that benefit for a team that may want to have a different type of wide receiver there and he could find and work his way into finding a way that where, where he feels comfortable and if he goes to the right team that could really find a way of being able to um mature and evolve his game in the short term yeah like you know as i said you know him and addison very very close i think they're very similar but Dara was absolutely right. You know, elite route technician, probably the best hands of any of the wide receivers in this draft, but he is limited because of his size and everything to the slot. And I think the only knock you can really give him is that he didn't even test for the 40. So he's leaving that till his pro day, which, you know, that sometimes you see that and it works out well for a player. I think Micah Parsons ended up doing that and had one of the best 40s that we'd ever seen. But, it, you know, it does make me worry a little bit because I think of a slot receiver and I think of a guy who's really good, you know, route technician, but they do have that little extra gear of speed to just make up some extra rack yards. But I, he is he's a first round running back or he's a first round wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. And I think, you know, you could see a team who's in need of someone to be a number two or even just a short term number one. Like I think the Texans would would actually be very interesting spot for him if they do take a a quarterback number one. I think that would kind of be something they would definitely look at. But a guy who, you know, I very much like, he comes from an athletic family as well. His brother's a, a professional baseball player as well. So be interesting to see what happens with him. Didn't know that actually. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm really intrigued to see what the Texans are going to do in the draft generally because they're really in a situation I would have brought, in my opinion, the right head coaching for longevity. So I'm I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. And if they did pick him, it would be a great pick. And um, Michael, 2022 almost classed as a lost season for this guy. Have you any concerns about that? Or do you think you can read into certain things like this? What's your thoughts? Um, I think having not played in so long can be a concern. It, it comes down to whether or not he can knock off the rust and get back up to sort of the level that we all know that he's capable of. Um, whether that takes him time, maybe it'll take him a year or so to integrate himself properly into the league. Or it could be a case that, you know, you look at it the opposite way. He's been out for that long that he's itching to get back. He could hit the ground running, really apply himself and get himself into a starter's role quite quickly. Um, just as for the injury itself, you have to, you know, with are concerned then whether or not that's going to be a problem moving forward. And, I suppose then it comes down to the player and how they're able to cope with that mentally, put it out of their head, and and just focus on their game in the here and now, uh, and not not so much you know play conservative because they're trying not to get hurt again because inevitably when that happens, most of the time you do end up getting hurt again. But uh, that that's probably the main concern for me is just whether or not they can knock the rust off moving forward. The next guy we're looking, the next guy, excuse me, that we're going to look at is Jalen Hyatt with Tennessee, and um, Dara explosive and a guy that's very, very dynamic and going in out of breaks. He's very elusive. The guy that had the highest, and I want to get this correct, so I don't want to get this wrong. I didn't see this until last week. His broad jump was the highest among all wide receivers, and I watched it there yesterday when I was making notes for this. Mental eleven three broad jump. Um. And his 40-inch vertical was the third best among wide receivers. This is the guy that could come in and, again, go into the right team, finding that right sort of skill set, could make a serious impact on the team. He's you know, got soft, reliable hands, and his speed's quite good as well. 
Yeah, he. Um, I mean, if you, if you watch the undisputably the best college football game of the year last year, Alabama and Tennessee, you you know all you need to know about about Jalen Hyatt. Uh, he's an incredible deep threat, um, just blazing fast. The explosiveness is off the charts, as you mentioned with the combine testing. You maybe would have liked him to, to run a bit more of a diverse route tree at, at Tennessee. That's just the nature of their offense. You know, a lot of go routes, a lot of post routes. I mean, he's he was absolutely torching Alabama safeties that entire game. They they couldn't deal with him whatsoever. And it was Hennon Hooker was just thrown perfectly we had a deep balls into his hands reliable catcher he's got a lot of what you need to be successful in the NFL and I think some teams going to take a shot in him early I think he's going to go maybe higher than people will expect just due to that the upside that you can get out of a player like him he, he can really turn into a very key player in at the next level is the guy going to look come in potentially as a WR2 for a team, but more importantly, if they work well with the WR1, could really in- enhance that team's performance and make that first wide receiver work even better. Yeah, like doing my research for this, he was kind of one of the last guys I ended up looking at. And the more like you hear about him, like second in the second in all of college football uh, with the most second most touchdowns in college football last year for a wide receiver, won the Belitnikov for best wide receiver in college. And I think the the most, the best way I heard him describe was like, he, when he runs, he like, he looks odd when he runs, but it looks graceful when he runs. So like you, you don't see much people running the way he does, but it looks, it looks fine when he does it. And as like, even though he doesn't have the experience as Dara said with, you know, a whole lot of different routes, and whenever he does run the routes, he knows well. He does them quite well. So I'm not too worried about his, you know, his ability to to learn a new route tree, route tree, to be honest. I think he'll he'll do just fine. And he's the type of guy that a lot of NFL teams I think will fall in love with and could honestly have them, could honestly have him as their WR1 because of he might have one of the highest upsides in this draft, to be honest, because that's the type of player that Jalen Hyatt is. Michael, he's got quite a limited tape, to be fair now, but one thing he does have, which works very well for him, he's got long arms that could allow him to play bigger to the size that he actually has, and he does track the ball very well as well. Yeah, and he, he gains excellent separation as well. Uh, I, I think he, he's more chance of becoming a, a wide receiver one, just slotting into the team. I'm thinking maybe the Texans, who, who are ruined, uh, getting rid of AJ Brown last year. Now I'm not saying he's up to that caliber or that standard, but there, there's a gap there left to be plugged, and uh, I could definitely see him, you know, staying in the state, staying in Tennessee, and uh, filling out that number one role for for the Titans. Interesting. A season of change in Tennessee could be ahead. We'll see what happens. Who Who's going to be the quarterback week one in Tennessee? That's a whole different discussion as well for the NFL podcast, Michael. Stop talking about non-college football situations. Sorry, lads. Sorry. Last guy in this wide receiver list, lads, is Rasheed Rice. SMU. Many different guys coming out of SMU down the years. Obviously, Jeff Ryan, Jeff Reinbold, big friend of the show. Previously working at SMU with Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. This guy, uh, Rasheed Rice, is... Look, really, really good. The problem with SMU, though, Dara, is while Rasheed Rice has got good athleticism, good size, not many, they haven't run many routes where he's, you know, been able to try and get more experience and acclimatize himself to different situations. So he's going to have to really pick up um, the playbook very quickly wherever he goes. But 
you can argue that any but that any player in the league will have to come in and, and acclimatize themselves to new situations. So we, we shouldn't be too down on him. He's got a good potential and could potentially make a, he could potentially make a good impact to any team in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think he hit the nail on the head there. He's uh he's very good. Uh, he's got the, he's got the size is, is the main thing in, in a wide receiver group that is lacking size all over the board. You're seeing so many smaller, shiftier players. Teams I know from firsthand from the Packers, they're a team that likes to keep the receivers over six foot, over two hundred pounds, and he he checks both of those boxes. Uh, you mentioned the the perhaps limited retry at, at SMU and. That's certainly an element. I mean, it's it's been a knock on multiple receivers coming into the league. We haven't really seen it massively affect any receiver. You know, at the end of the day, you're a wide receiver. You can run every route. Like, you know, it's 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 not rocket science. Um, I think of the of the remainder of the pack of players, he's probably the one that sticks out the most. He uh, had a solid combine, very explosive athlete. Um, I think overall, he's, he's definitely a player... Probably he's not going to sneak into round one, but there'll be a lot of teams that will take a shot on day, on day two. Yeah, and I guess uh, the the main concerns that people have about Rice going into this draft is in terms of the speed of the play. You know, he can bully his way to get in different yard after catch situations, and he can find his way to get more yards for the team. But there are times where he may not be able to have that burst of speed that you need to get to that next level in the league. Yeah, I think you talking about him being a bit of like a, a bully on the ball is something I think he likes to do, but he kind of likes to do it just a little bit too much. You know, like when I read about him, I saw like he likes to go and get jump ball situations, which is perfectly fine. But then sometimes he'll like kind of settle for that when like maybe he could make an extra move and just get open. Like he's settling for a contested catch over a catch where he you know, it could be wide open. So it's something I think you maybe have to look for him. I think he's he is a good player. He's definitely one of those guys, you know, again, that some teams will like him. Some teams would just love the size, you know, as Dara said, like the Packers love their wide receivers, like nice, big and strong. And that's definitely what Rashid Rice is. But, you know, there's two guys later down the draft who I think could be very good. I'm looking at Josh Downs as well and Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers has actually been a massive riser in a lot of people's uh, kind of draft boards, um, kind of since the senior bowl, really. They've been, he's been standing out to a lot of people. He's out of Boston College. Um, the best way I could describe him is like a, a Debo Samuel life where he's maybe not as strong as he, Debo Samuel is or as, as quick, but he has, you know, kind of the ability to, to run the ball, but also be a good wide receiver in the slot and out wide. I love that, Tebow Samuel Light. That sounds like a trademark that we need to get on for like a T-shirt or something for this, so bear with me on that. Uh, Michael, I'm, I'm coming to you again with the same question because it's the end of this podcast. Anybody else that sticks out to you and just your thoughts on this guy as well? Uh, yeah, I think Connell touched on it there really well. Uh, this guy, you could call him maybe a bit of a ball hawk. He's great at the contested catch and he's great sort of at adjusting while the ball's in the air. And another thing I read on him and then went back and watched and it proves to be true, is he's great during a scramble drill. Uh, you know, maybe the quarterback's flushed out of the pocket. He, he's great at getting back, turning his numbers back towards the quarterback and getting himself open, coming off his route and, you know, like adapting to a change in play. Um, teams that I can think of off the cuff over the years, definitely watching the Seahawks. Russell Wilson always liked a guy who could do that, so maybe that would be of interest to Denver. And the Chiefs love it as well. Patrick Mahomes goes off script. Well, we say off script, we don't know. 
probably half of the players in which he runs running about like mad are actually scripted. He's just that good. Um, we 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 look at how him and his receivers work together. So I think that's that's a trait that is definitely valuable to teams and uh, one that you know for a mobile quarterback who's not always situated in the pocket, it could be it could be a good partnership between Rice and, and that quarterback and that team. Yes, sir. That is our wide receiver core. God, I mean, we're, we're rolling through these positions, lads. And if anybody does want to listen back, we've got podcasts on the quarterback running back. And over the next few days and weeks before the NFL draft, we're going to be looking at the defensive players as well with the tight end podcast coming up next. You can follow us on social media at NFL Ireland. Get involved if you have any comments on players that you'd like us to talk about, either between the build-up period to the NFL draft or on the NFL draft night itself, because we'll be live. Um give us a shout but for now you can get all of our social information in the bio this has been the pro football ireland podcast network for the pfi college football show we'll see you soon thanks